0: Hey,
1: and hey, welcome hey. to
2: at the devil's ball a very very hot at the devil's ball um apparently we were discussing before that everybody's in the middle of a horrifying heat wave um i am nathaniel
0: and i'm samuel
2: and uh this week we're talking about the movie honeydew with uh with our good friend uh sarah stubbs uh hi sarah
1: hello hello thanks for having me yeah thanks good for coming morning.
2: We'll talk about Honeydew in just a minute. we got some other stuff to do uh, to, to cover first. Uh, and uh, But first, Sam's going to do the vitals on this movie. And then we'll jump into some conversation with Sarah about what she's up to. And All right. We'll, uh...
0: Yeah, so Honeydew was uh, made in 2020, but it wasn't released until March 12th, 2021. Uh, directed by Devereaux Bilborn. Written by Devereaux Milburn and uh, Dan Kennedy. And as far as cast, we've got uh, Barbara Kingsley as Karen, Stephen Dambros as Ulyss, got uh, Jamie Bradley as Goonie, Sawyer Spielberg as Sam, Malin Barr as Riley, uh, and Joshua Patrick Dugley as the thin young man, and Lena Dunham as Delilah.
2: Ooh, yeah! I didn't even <laughs> realize she was in this movie until I just Inter- looked at the IMDb, but. Yeah, Nina did I, i like, is that Lena Dunham? I'm like, oh, it, it totally is. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah Lena, uh, I say boo Lena Dunham because Lena Dunham uh, doesn't tip. I know that for a uh, fact. Um, uh. <laughs> I, I, I met her once uh, at a hotel I worked for. There was a guy who, uh, there was a, a bar. Lena Dunham mm-hmm. stayed there uh, and uh, she uh, went to the bar and afterwards I asked the bartender I "Was like, uh, how to how to go. And she was like the only customer uh and he was right. like, She doesn't she didn't tip anything. I'm like, you, you didn't tip it at wow. all? And he's like, No, not even like a buck. <laughs> wow. Like, that's and the I'm like, right there. Yeah, and I'm like, Lena Dunham's loaded. I'm like, how did she yeah. not tip? But he's like, no, they ordered like they ordered like six drinks each and they didn't tip a dime. So Wow,
0: that's crazy. Yeah, he, Unacceptable. He,
2: yeah, he walked away with like no money. Um, right. and he was pretty t- <laughs> and he was like the nicest guy ever, and he was just like really pissed. But uh, right. you know, but um, but yeah, anyway, plus you like brought her dog back to the shelter or something after like four years. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah she's, she's kind of a garbage. Um, but anyway, but enough about me, we don't need to, <laughs> right. we don't need to, uh, dwell on that. So Sarah, um, you're a uh, predominantly, uh, we I mean, know, obviously we're here to talk about honeydew, but predominantly you're kind of here to, to, uh, uh, promote a, a hashtag, uh, project that you do every year.
1: Yes, the 100 horror movies in 92 days challenge is back. 3rd nice. year running. Like nice. I I didn't think that this was ever going to really be a thing, but apparently, you know, it it has become one. And people are hyped about it. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Like, I, I've seen people tweeting at me. They're like, I've been waiting for this all year. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Like, right. that's a cool feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, you know, the first year I did it was 2020. It was a thing that was born out of the pandemic because I was bored and depressed. And, you know, at the time my dog was going through cancer and I was obviously home because of COVID. And so I needed something to do to keep my mind off of everything. And I thought like, well, you know, everyone does 31 days of horror in October. Right. Mm-hmm. Like spooky season can start before that. Like let's, let's start it in August. And so, you know, I, I also have a watch list going on Letterboxd that always says, Seems never ending. Mm. I every year I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna whittle this thing down, and every year I do the same thing. I I do watch stuff, but then I add like for every one movie I watch, I feel like I add like three more.
0: Mm.
1: Right. So my watch list never really goes away. So this challenge was kind of like that. I wanted to watch a hundred movie horror movies that I hadn't seen right. because I, I feel like, and I'm sure you both you know, have been there, we all fall into the trap of doing the rewatch, you know, finding that comfort movie and we rewatch it every year. Mm -hmm. You know, I watch I watch Pilgrim every year on Thanksgiving and Blood Rage. And we Mm -hmm. we all have this, you know, thing where we always come back to movies during holidays. And I really wanted to push myself to not do that. I wanted to, you know, push myself to watching stuff that. I haven't seen and that maybe isn't popular, like, you know, because obviously we all hear Halloween and, you know, Nope and Candyman and all the movies that have been coming out over the last, you know, two years. And those are great. But I also want to, like, dive into the, like, the deep recesses of, like, horror and find stuff that, you know, either I missed or I haven't seen, I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love doing this challenge as a group, because, you know, not everybody has the same tastes. And because a lot of us are, you know, really diehard horror fans, you have to really search things out that you haven't seen yet. So it's a lot of, you see a lot of people posting about movies that are either, you know, maybe on the festival circuit, or they are some deep cuts. You know, very, very rarely, I feel like, the majority of folks are watching stuff that I've heard of, which I think is super cool because I always end up adding a ton of stuff to my watch list because I see people posting about stuff. Right. And so I like I like the sense of community that it, you know, it creates. It's it started out of the pandemic and then it just kept going. And the first year I did it it was like me and one person that I knew locally. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the second year I posted about it and all of a sudden, you know, because Letterboxd picked it up. A lot of people were like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And then the Discord server was born. And, you know, it it ended up being that a lot of people, you know, really got into this. And I, I, I'm grateful for it. Like, I love doing it. You know, I, everything that happens with it comes from you know, me, my connections, my pocketbook, (laughs) like all the, all the giveaways are either something that I've arranged with like connections that I have, or I'm paying for it, or, you know, I don't, I don't really have any like big studio connections, you know, paying me to do anything. Like all of the movies I promote on it are my choice. Like I don't get any kickbacks. I don't, You know, it's not like, hey, if you, you know, talk about my movie or this movie that we're going to put on Shutter, we're going to pay you like I do it because I love the community. I do it because I want to promote horror and I want to promote the folks that are bringing horror to, you know, the public. I love Shudder. I I really have been enjoying, you know, messing around on Screambox. I don't know if you have seen this streaming platform yet.
2: I have. I haven't I've looked at it yet. Much. Yeah.
1: It's it's actually really affordable. Like, it's, I, gosh, I want to say I paid $12 for three months. Hmm. And you get a 30-day free trial just for, like, just for checking it out. Like, no codes necessary. Like, if you go sign up, you can get 30 days and They're still building, like, it kind of reminds me of Shudder, like, five years ago, like, when Shudder first started, and it was, you know, it wasn't a huge offering, but they are getting a lot of, like, original content, and so, and it's it's owned, I think, or in partnership with Bloody Disgusting.
2: Mm. Okay.
1: So, they have a lot of cool stuff, they have the Pennywise, uh it documentary I mean. that's coming out on um it comes out i think at the end of this month i think it might even be you know oh, god i don't know the exact date i feel like a failure here um <laughs> but i can tell you i saw it during panic fest in this documentary if you really enjoyed the it miniseries
2: yeah we covered it it's yeah.
1: it's an incredible documentary like it's right up there, like in terms of like horror noir and a lot of those documentaries that Shutter's been doing. It's like right, right up there with that quality. Like nice. it's, it's really fantastic. They even got Tim Curry to come, you know, do some interviews and, you know, he he's actually looking really in this documentary. He looks and sounds really well, which That's good. You know, he hasn't in quite some time because of his stroke.
2: Right. Right.
1: But this was very like I was I was very surprised and they got I think the majority of the cast and it you know it it's a really interesting documentary. And then next month, I think at the end of the month, they have a, a movie that I wasn't crazy about, but I can see why people would enjoy it called Pussy Cake. And I think it's Argentinian. I think it was an mm-hmm. Argentinian horror movie. and I saw it during Chattanooga, I think it was. Okay. And it's 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 a fun movie. It's just not my like my subgenre of horror. So right. it wasn't one that I was like, "Oh, this is amazing." But I can see where a lot of folks will like it. Nice. And so I I think like I think Screambox is going to have a lot going for it. They have the the Freddy's Nightmare's show.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think okay. it's
1: exclusively there. So it's it's a really good value. Nice. And I, I and I like I said, not paid to talk about this. It's just something I've discovered sure. and I like to share. So, yeah. you know, I, I feel like everyone knows about Shudder, but if you're looking for something a little bit different, Screambox is there and because of the price point, I think it's like a worthy addition if not you're great. looking for if you're looking for some lesser known horror movies.
2: I was digging through Tubi last night. They got a ton of shit there too. Like, I'm like, wow, I probably have the entire 100. I'm gonna give it a shot this year. Uh, I did last year. Um, I I don't think I made it very far, but at the time my work schedule was uh, as such, but uh, that it wasn't gonna work out. But this year I actually kind of like have plenty of downtime at work. So I'll probably do a lot of moves there. Um, I
1: mean, I think, I think just, like, even if you don't finish, I think, like, there's something about, like, the camaraderie about, like, spending the next three months watching and talking about new-to-you horror. Yeah. Like, and I love that. Like, I love seeing people get excited about, you know, movies that they're watching or, like, something that I've recommended. Like, I love seeing people get excited about that. And I love, I love promoting filmmakers. Like, I, I like sharing people's hard work and you know i i love that you know there's if if you have not done panic fest in chattanooga this year popcorn frights is coming up in october i think it's october no it's august august just kidding august popcorn frights comes in august but they have a really pretty great selection of films I, and I say that if you hadn't participated in Panic Fest and Chattanooga, because there is some crossover,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but if you didn't do those, it's they have a lot of really cool movies, horror movies that are coming out. And I want to say that it's like the festival pass is a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. but for the amount of movies you get to stream, it's that's a really great deal. So, you know... I, I love finding these virtual festivals because you get to see a lot of that stuff that you know it may take two years for it to get distribution and come out right. here. Honeydew was one of those movies I saw it during Panic Fest last year, okay. and it yeah. I think it took almost a year for it to get distribution and to be like on VOD and Blu-ray and Shutter and all that. Right. So
2: right. So what are the what what are the rules of the uh, of the the hashtag? I love I love the hashtag stuff, too. And um, uh, because also I love the challenge because I love making lists. It helps my uh, my anxiety. Um, But what are the what are the rules? I know you posted them to a blog. Um, yeah, it's like,
1: it's real easy. I, I I keep I kept it intentionally simple because like I know you know there's like the Hooptober and all that and they have like they have like the little things like day one you have to watch this type of movie and I that's too much oh, right. for me. Like yeah, oh, I right. love I love the idea of those challenges, but yeah. for me, I can't do it. Like I just I wanna watch what I wanna watch when I wanna watch it. So right. I I don't I cannot be Constrain so much but generally the rules are you have to watch at least 100 movies in the challenge window which is august 1st through halloween mm-hmm. there is no limit to how many per day you you have to watch or like it's not like a you can only do one per day or two right. per day right like if you want to watch 10 movies in one day knock yourself out you do you um i I generally say that they have to be classified by either Letterboxd or IMDb as horror. And I say Mm -hmm. or because sometimes Letterboxd will call a movie like a mystery thriller. But then if you go to IMDb, it will say horror. Right. And vice versa. Like, there's not a... Sometimes there's a slight inconsistency. So as long as one of them says it, you're good to go. And I... I always recommend that the movie be 45 minutes or longer.
2: Okay.
1: Yep. Family friendly horror counts, like if you want to watch Adams Family as long as as long as it's horror adjacent and it's clearly horror cuz usually those never get classified as horror because they're family friendly. Right. right. But if it is clearly about ghosts, witches, monsters, etc. But it's a kids' mm. movie; it counts. So like, Sam, you I, can
2: you can count uh, Hocus Pocus too. Yeah, definitely. You watch yep. it in, in, <laughs> uh, Absolutely.
1: Outdoor. Yeah. Hocus Pocus two will count. Oh.
2: No, Sam hates the, the, the I, I'm ribbing him. He hates. Yeah. Uh, he hates Hocus Pocus. So.
1: so you know it was released on my birthday, not oh. the year, but the day. Nice. So we- I I share an anniversary with Hocus Pocus. So it's a movie that is very close to my heart. I I do adore that movie. But I I, I say 45 minutes because, like, even, like, some of the older horror movies are, like, 60 minutes, you know? Or or you had, like, Host, which was 57 minutes. A lot of found footage stuff is, you know, it runs the gamut of 45 minutes to two hours, like, depending on what you find. So... As long as it's not, like, a horror short. Like, you can't go, like, watch, like, you know, you can't go to Alter and watch, like, a hundred of those, like, ten-minute shorts. That does not count. That
2: doesn't count, yeah. That makes sense. But
1: as long as it's a intended-to-be-somewhat-feature-length film, you're good to go. No TV episodes, like, that doesn't count. You can't watch, like, the Halloween episode of Supernatural and say, Oh, it was a movie. No. Doesn't count. Doesn't count but other than that it's pretty open-ranged oh and you can't have seen it before like it has to be new to you
2: right Right. so
1: that's it that's like it's pretty easy like i i didn't want something that had to have like a lot of thought or even planning like right i because i don't like i i like i said i try to do those like list kind of challenges i always try like once a year i'll try one yeah. And I get, like, five days in, and then I'm like, but I don't want to watch this kind of movie. I don't, right, right. or I don't, like, I don't want to watch a movie today, like, yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: Right, right.
1: Or I'm recording for my podcast, and I've already, like, I have to watch and take notes for this movie, so it's going to take my day up. Like, I wanted right. something that was far more lax.
2: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was a great fun last year, so hopefully it'll it'll be a success this year. Um, Yeah,
1: I always find new favorites. Like, I I would mm -hmm. say that most, since I've been doing this, at least one of the movies that I watched during the challenge winds up on my top ten horror for the year of new stuff. Because I always try to add new stuff in, too, if it comes out, because why not? But, I like, the first year I did it, I discovered so many movies that are now favorites of mine, like City of the Dead with um
0: it's got christopher
1: lee yep yeah. that was i think that was a 2020 discovery for me during the challenge and i loved it yeah. last year cat people was one of the ones that i watched and i absolutely adored that movie it's a
2: great film yeah.
1: and so it, it gives people a chance to kind of dive in and i i noticed that a lot of people tend to watch the older movies because they're shorter And you can cram more in and i i do this i'm so guilty of this like i'll have days where i'm like i really want to get that third movie in but i'm really tired what do i do oh there's a 60 minute 1940s horror movie with bella lugosi let's do that one let's do that right yeah you know and so i i i kind of sandbag those on my watch list too like i knowing that i'm gonna do the challenge I just put those all on my watch list and then I'm like, okay, we'll come back to you.
0: <laughs> You're right, right. You're right,
2: right. Yeah, yeah. I, I was digging, like I said, I was digging through Tubi. There's a lot of older stuff because that's kind of what's left for me is either brand new stuff or mm-hmm. like obscure stuff because I've seen... I don't of- know
1: if you have Paramount Plus, but uh, Paramount, I, P- Paramount yeah. Plus has a ton of old stuff, like yeah. a ton. I didn't realize how much, like... I was just like going through, and I was like, "Wow, okay, yeah, okay."
2: Peacock's got some weird, uh, yeah. weird stuff too dug in there that, uh, and some good stuff too. But a lot of it's like a lot of direct video, like Asylum stuff. But hey, those count.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, you know what? I love some of those movies. I, though I did, too. did I yeah. recently watched a Wild Eye releasing movie that I just was not happy with. I was. It got recommended on a thread that I was a part of on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And someone, like, in all seriousness, recommended this movie. And I was like, it was the Spanish Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, no! And I love cannibalism movies. I love Mm -hmm. chainsaw movies. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, like, probably my favorite, like, of the big franchises. Mm -hmm. And this movie was so bad. It was so bad. Mm -hmm. Like, not schlocky, bad shark movie bad. Just full-on terrible. And I was like... Uh why did yeah, yeah. I why why did I watch this <laughs> It was just not good nice. nice It was it was basically like fart jokes and pube jokes like it literally felt oh, like it was it literally felt like it was written by like two 12-year-old boys mm-hmm. who like just discovered like sex Nice and and so that's like what the whole thing felt like and I was like Ugh. Like, this isn't even, like, bad funny. This is just not good.
2: Not good. All right.
1: All right. And I I mean, I watch a lot of, like, chainsaw-type, you know, rip y kind of cannibalism schlock. Mm-hmm. And this was just not it. <laughs>
2: totally. So you have, uh, you have a blog and a podcast.
1: I have a lot of projects always yeah. in the works. I, um... I'm still doing Geeks Who Eat with my husband, though we've, we've, we've slowed considerably. I think, I think we've just been at it for so long that like, we're kind of like, the hustle is exhausting and he's, he's working, like when we started, he had a very different job than he is now. And so at the end of the day, he's just kind of like, oh, I'm so tired and burnt out. And rather than pushing him and being like, we have to do it, we just kind of slowed on it, which is fine. And then I do Spooky Sarah Says, where I periodically review stuff. Mostly I'm just active on Twitter, kind of sharing and, you know, promoting the things I love. Right. But then I also have my podcast, Final Girls Feast, which just hit 50 episodes. Actually, it's a little over 50 episodes if you count our... We have a few episodes, like mini episodes that we mm-hmm. threw in that didn't get like an episode count. Right. Right. But we have fifty full length episodes now. nice congratulations. congratulations so that was that was fun and we have lots more planned and we've got you know a lot of great episodes coming up. I'm excited for um one that we're recording not this week but next week. um we're gonna talk to a director of a movie that I have been very loudly championing championing and so I can't wait to have them on. It was a movie that, much like this one, I feel was made specifically for me. Nice. And nice. so I'm just very excited. And gastro horror is taking off right now. So I am all about this life and just trying to live it up.
2: <laughs> Define gastro horror for me, though. What, what, what does that entail?
1: Gastro horror, I think, is just a fancier way of saying food horror. Okay. Sure. But I, I like it better. I think it sounds nicer than food horror. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, then when I say food horror, people are like, what is that? And I'm like, well, right. it's gastro horror. But I, it, gastro horror is like food horror and then cannibalism. I, I kind of put the two in together because it's still like people eating something. Sure.
2: Right? Sure.
1: But it's not like a monster eating something where I'm like, you know, vampires don't count. Zombies don't count right. because you're a different creature. You're no longer human. Sure. So, you know, I I like to, but it's I it's definitely the year for it. I mean, we had Fresh come out, Flux Gourmet, a banquet. Um, the menu is going to be coming out in November. Timothy, I just found out today, literally, that Timothy Chalamet is doing a cannibalism movie.
0: Really?
1: And nice. it's it's but it's like a romance. It's based off of a novel or something. Um, <laughs> and I was like okay, but why did no one tell me that Timothy Chalamet is doing something with cannibalism? Like, right. um, excuse me. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Have, has anyone met me? Did, did nobody think that this was important to tell me?
0: You gotta update your Google alerts.
1: Right? Yeah. <laughs> cannibalism. I don't know that I want right. that as a Google alert, though. No, that would, I think that would be dangerous. Though the New York Times literally just did an article about cannibalism and pop culture and, like, why it's taking off right now. Mm. oh okay because there's like several novels out right now horror novels out dealing with cannibalism yellow jackets right the show on showtime dealt somewhat with cannibalism you know fresh came out this year like it's definitely like gastro horror is having a moment and i think i think like movies like pig Mm uh which is not horror but there's 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 an upscale culinary movie kind of thing going on, too. Like, you have Pig. There was um, one that came out, and I don't know exactly when it released, but I just saw it on Hulu, called A Taste of Hunger. Oh, okay. And it's a drama. It's a food-based drama about a married couple trying to get a Michelin star. But it's got the um, the guy who plays Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones in it. Okay. And it's a right. beautiful movie. like it's it's an amazing movie. So I think we're seeing like more of this like elevated food culture coming out into movies right that we that like we weren't really seeing like you had movies about food, like you had like mystic pizza. you had chef boiling point, no reservations, et cetera. right. But I think I think there's something that's being seen in food culture that people are kind of translating to the screen.
2: Okay. Yeah, I can see that.
1: And so I'm really excited because as someone who works with food and does all of this and talks about this and right. eats, sleeps, lives, and breathes food and pop culture, I, I really just enjoy seeing this, like, rise of good movies and now don't get me wrong i enjoy the schlucky food movies don't right i love motel hell and the stuff and all of those kind of silly food horror movies attack of the killer tomatoes right but i love seeing that it presented in like a serious you know beautiful way right nice so i'll step off my soapbox <laughs>
2: <laughs> no worries no worries uh, so with that transition, so we have a, we have a, uh, it's a sort of a cannibal movie um, yeah. this week. Yeah. Uh, so when we, when I talked to you about coming on the show, you, uh, we, we kind of went back and forth on a couple of ideas and then uh, you, you pitched uh, Honeydew. So what, uh, what, what, what about this movie that jumped out at you that you wanted to talk about this one
1: specifically? I wanted to talk about this movie because nobody talks about this movie. And sure. I think it's, right. I think it's such a divisive movie that i i want more people to see it like i want the conversation about this movie because in essence it's a beautifully made movie like it really is. whether or not whether or not you like the story or how the mm-hmm. story is executed the film is shot beautifully i, agree. I mean it's yeah. it's got like this like kind of grungy filter over it that just feels beautiful like it really this movie when I saw it at Panic Fest I saw it during like one of their you know the virtual things I watched it and I just was in awe of like everything about it it was so weird it was so Mm -hmm. out there like it's such an out there movie and I also really like backwoods movies like Mm -hmm. backwoods horror is kind of like and the more I watch cannibalism movies which I do enjoy That's really the cannibalism movie that I like is backwards, backwards horror. And like, I think it's, there's something scary about it because it feels like it could be real. Like these people are people you could absolutely go see at the gas station, at the Walmart, at Target. Like it's, there's nothing really special about these people.
2: No. No. Like, right.
1: it's not a Jason or, you know, a Freddy or something like that. It's, it feels so real and visceral. So I just, I, this movie really hit for me. And even watching it today, I was like, gosh, why do I not talk about this movie more? Right. Like, I, I really think it's, it's got something.
2: I, I think it has something. I yeah. definitely do agree with that. Um, I think that it's a, it's a beautifully shot movie. Uh, You know, we, we, It has a great first act, I think, that really shows um, some really great, uh, I think some really interesting. uh, We've talked about this show with this before on the show about um, likable characters versus relatable characters. Right. Um, And these are relatable people. These are relatable. This is a relatable young couple. Yeah. Um, And they may not be likable, but they're relatable. Um, And, uh, and there's some really Right off the bat, I mean, we're jumping into some, they jump into some weird sort of like uh, surrealistic imagery. They've got split screen stuff going on, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really sets, a, it sets a wonderful tone and a wonderful atmosphere. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it has something. There's definitely this feeling of of competence and uh, uh, ambition, if right. nothing else, in the picture. I-
1: What I really appreciate is how much tension there is in this movie. This movie oozes tension throughout the whole film. Like... Everything just feels uncomfortable. Like, when you're watching the couple interact in the beginning before anything horror has even happened, you feel tension between them. Like, yeah, right. you feel that relationship tension, and then it turns into the tension for the situation, and then it just further, like, spirals and gets worse. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, like, I love how that's just, like, illustrated in the film, and, like, the whole the whole secrecy about both of them eating the foods. They're not supposed to be this like right. temp- yeah. the temptation and, you know, the knowing, like the gluttony of it. And I just, and like that, like that gets brought up later by, you know, Karen who says like, we're being punished for our gluttony.
2: Right. Right. And, and so
1: I, I just, I, I think it's interesting to see that like shift.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that uh, Sam. Sam, what about you? What what uh, what jumps out at you about this film? We'll, we'll focus well, on the positives before we do any sort of criticism.
0: Well, honestly, um, like like you said, the you know shot beautifully. Um, I think the sound design and the music is is amazing. Mm. Um, just the use of discordant you know sounds and you know not it's not a typical score where it's you know music playing is kind of almost experimental. Uh, musically I I think that adds a lot to the tension of the piece um, and just you know, heightens everything a lot mm-hmm. more
1: yeah mm-hmm. it heightens that sense of like feeling like something is off
0: right something's something's not right it's like you and you
1: feel that like the whole t- from the point they get to Karen's house on you just feel like something is not right like you can't right Put your finger on it but everything just feels like the way that karen will like randomly just like stare off into space right
0: yeah right. she's, when in the middle she's... Of talking and she just stops and mm-hmm. looks at something for you know, a minute and a half yeah
2: yeah long time yeah right from, from uh from cinema perspective there's a lot of a lot of moments yep. of uh of very long extended uh moments in this film that some of them work some of them i'm not sure they do but um but no i loved her Karen was a fantastic, uh, is a fantastic performance. It's a fantastic character. Um, I was saying actually last night on, uh, uh, I posted this on Twitter, like, I love the uh, aggressively and weirdly friendly old people trope. Like, right. when the, <laughs> you walk into the, you know, you walk into an old person's house and like they are, they're so actually way too nice and way too yeah. friendly. And you just start being like, uh, "This is very off-putting." I think it's a great trope, and I don't think we see it enough uh, in film. So I was very appreciative of that. I'm like, "I love that."
1: That's because um, we don't like to cast old people in Hollywood. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that's true too. Yeah, you you know, you only have a, few, a handful of actors and actresses who survive into old age mm-hmm. on the screen. On the screen, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. The the there is still, to, of course, that problem of uh, you know aging out of uh of cinema unless you're like like well unless you're a guy I right mean, like, well or unless yeah, you're yeah. like
1: someone like helen Mirren or M- meryl streep who who just have done so much over their career that
2: they can't you know, get yeah
1: exactly right.
2: yeah yeah um but yeah it's uh it, it's it's an interesting film so the, the film essentially follows a young couple uh they're having some issues uh a lot of them very seemingly dietary related uh, that is that this main our lead male Sam Mm -hmm. is resentful of uh, Riley, his his girlfriend, because Riley's not letting him eat food that might hurt him. He's got some sort of health problem. And um, which I kept waiting to actually be relevant to the story. And it never really was. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, I I really thought um, uh, I really thought it would be a, a third act issue and uh, it, it kind of just wasn't. And uh, I was kind of confused by that. But I, I like I really thought like at the end when he's like, you know, they've they've escaped from Karen, which, by the way, I don't know why. It's it's the same problem I have with some of these movies. Uh, it always I don't want to get cinema sinzy with it, but I always get kind of confused when villains uh, or antagonists uh, have our uh, have our heroes unconscious. And then they wake them up to right. tell them we're going to knock you unconscious. Again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like our villains were like, well, we got them on like oh, now they wake them up and be like, by the way, here's what we're doing and why and we're going to lobotomize you. Right. Um, I don't
1: I don't actually know that they woke them up so much though cuz they were they were gassed and they right. were just like kind of on display and then they woke up. I don't know that the villains necessarily woke them up to talk about it. But sure. once they were awake and talking, because they were like doing, like they were like trying to talk, then it was like, "Oh, you're awake. Let's show you what we're doing." Because they had cut part of Sam's butt off to eat him, right? And that's why when they were on the pedestal, was they were kind of food,
2: right, right, right. But so, I still don't know why they. I still don't know why they didn't lobotomize them while they were unconscious. But if yeah. that was the end goal. But uh, it was the same thing. I had same problem I have with Get Out. Uh, that I'm like the 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 villain spend a lot of time telling the hero that he's in danger before he's in danger. Right. Um, that I'm kind of like it's it's uh, it's 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 the Bond villain problem, you know? Like uh, it's uh, so why you know, do
1: why do villains always need to monologue? <laughs> right, right. And I think
2: the, the reason ultimately is that screenwriters love to explain things, and so I think that. Um, And I feel like that was a little bit of the issue here with Honeydew, is that the the screenwriters were uh, were really like, I want to explain what's going on, Um, which is... I always feel
1: like, though, with, like, backwoods horror kind of things and and leaning a little into folk horror, because I feel like this is not folk horror, but I feel like it leans into it a little bit. There's
2: a little bit of that, a little bit of religious horror, yeah. Yeah,
1: I feel like that's a common thing that happens, is that, you know... When you have extreme religious people, mm. you know, they always want to talk about why they're doing what they do and their religion and their right, beliefs right. and they want to share their beliefs. And I feel like that 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 while it doesn't always work in a film, I feel like it does in this because I felt like it was Karen kind of, you know, proselytizing. Right. Right their religious beliefs. And, like, I feel like that's part of, like, that whole, like, Appalachia, you know, backwoods kind of religion type thing. Like, there's, like, a movie that I just watched called Them That Follow, and it was about, like, a snake church Mm -hmm. in, you know, the Appalachians. And Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like, that's why I feel like in this instance it worked. Because it's coming from that place of, like, well, I've got to tell you what my, my religious beliefs are and why we're doing this. And- yeah, I think
2: the scene works. Don't get me wrong. Uh, right. You know, I, I think that the, the scene is, there's some, uh, this movie is, a, is another example of, I think that's uh, a lot of, I think a lot of modern horror is, uh, uh, it depends on, not, this isn't necessarily a criticism, but uh, it's the idea that it, it's a series of moments. There are a lot of moments in this movie that really, really connect um but i think they but there's these periods in between moments that don't i i felt this movie had a real second act problem where i i was sort of like okay like we've we've got, had this marvelous first act uh which right. in, in my mind it ends going into the basement and uh then all of a sudden it's i mean and sarah you mentioned this that the, yes that there is the significance of them both secretly eating something they're not supposed to be eating but at the same time it's also like um uh, it's second acts i think in a lot of sort of art house type horror films which i think this qualifies as um mm-hmm. they they nail these first acts and then the second acts they kind of have to jog in place before they get to their finale uh to their third act to their, to their climax and so it's like here's a series of of Images like you know, we, we've got you know, a dripping faucet, uh, Riley's in a towel, we got a nice like shot right. of her feet, we've got you know, like they're you know, showing that they're showing what's on the TV, there's a, a royalty free uh, you know, movie or cartoon or something <laughs> on right. the television, uh, split screen, we've got Sam in the shower masturbating because of course he is, um, and it, it's a little bit like and then like a dream sequence that doesn't really connect with anything, that uh, it's sort of it feels like I actually watched I actually went back and watched the second act again because I felt mm-hmm. like I lost the thread. And then I realized well both of us lost the thread. I think the movie kind of lost the thread too, right? Um, however, it's beautifully shot. Uh, it's very engaging looking. Um, See
1: I would I would argue that it is absolutely all connected because it's it's Sam's fall into gluttony. Mm-hmm. Right. he's he's masturbating in the shower because at dinner he had this corn that Karen put butter on it's the first taste of like anything you know gluttonous that right. he's had and then I think he goes to the shower to kind of masturbate to like get get his mind off of it to try to clear his head like okay. you know to clear that and then he's after you know he comes out and he's you know Cleared his head, then he catches Riley eating a fucking cupcake. Like right. he's like, right. Bitch, you've been telling me for like, you know, however many months that I can't eat anything, and here you are eating a goddamn cupcake.
0: Right. I'm
1: going upstairs. Screw this. So yeah. then he goes upstairs and he falls head first into the gluttony. Had he mm. not touched that food, like I think like he was drugged. Right. Like I, that's work, the vibe. Yeah. Had they not eaten the cupcakes, yep. they would not have had, they wouldn't have passed out. They wouldn't have had, like, if they had not given in to the gluttony in that second act, we don't have mm-hmm. a third act. It's in essence them being punished for their gluttony. Because Karen says in the third act, we were punished for eating too much and mm-hmm. taking too much from the Lord. We took too much of the Lord's bounty. So, I think, in essence, you know, her sneaking a cupcake and him going back upstairs and eating all the food and taking the pie and eating the cupcakes, they're Mm -hmm. being punished for their gluttony. Well, I'd buy that.
2: I'd buy that. I hadn't thought of it that way. I think you might be onto something.
1: And so, that's why, like, that is why I love this movie. Like, it has all of those little, like, those little breadcrumbs are left throughout everywhere, like... When you like listen to like the rantings of the crazy lady, right? The second act makes sense to me.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Sam? What What are your general thoughts on uh, on, on this film uh, as it moves through?
0: Um, the second act really reminded me a lot of like Hansel and Gretel, um, with the like they, like we've already said the gluttony and the um, you know eating the forbidden foods and stuff like that, and then you know you have this old witch type character um
1: especially certain- with the shots of the yeah. oven because yeah. she opens the oven and you see the bread right so you definitely right. get the the Hansel and Gretel vibes
0: yeah totally and it, it's um just the way that she's portrayed you know of being you know always trying to apply them with more food and everything like that I I got a lot of vibes off of that and I was su- I was surprised it didn't go more in that direction in the third act but I mean I guess yeah. really, so far you can go without, you know, throwing her into the oven herself, like in right. Hansel and Gretel. Right,
2: right. Well, yeah, but in this ca- in this case, the witch is going to win. So, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, um, but no, I think that's a good connection to make. Um, uh, they are, I mean, literally, you are going to fatten them up to eat them. Right. So uh, that is that that is definitely a connection to be made. And
0: they're not lost in the woods, but they are lost. I mean. And- yeah. Um, it's not very often that you get one of these kind of backwoods movies that takes place in like New England either. That mm. it was, it's it doesn't really add or subtract anything to the script, but it was it's it was refreshing to not have you know this take place in Arkansas or or, or Texas or you know.
1: Yeah, you don't have like that like southern like right yeah. the southerner backwoods trope where it's just that they're you know, addled addle brained like, uneducated, like, it's... These these are people who got poisoned by, you know, like, a pestilence. Right, and they
0: just kind of went crazy and, you know...
1: Which also brings it back to, like, that, like, folk horror adjacency because, like, they believe that this happened because they were being punished by God. Like, this pestilence. And you can see that she's affected because the... Uh, Karen's fingers are black yep,
2: they're right. black. Yep.
1: and they make it a point to show you that Riley is looking at documents about what happens to the people who are affected and their hands turn black and their fingers right. and
0: yeah, they get gangrene and you know, that's although it was kind of amusing that she was, you know, doing her doctorate or, or whatever on this and she's watching, you know, basically like a, a, a school um, video on it. It was like, yeah. That you'd show to like you know, middle schoolers, um, but it was it was a nice way to get across you know what they were trying to say with the what's it called sordico poisoning yeah. or something yeah yeah which I never I've, heard of but. I hadn't either I think hmm. they just made that up I think I think they were just doing a stand-in for ergot poisoning but I, I could be wrong oh look it up while we're talking yeah about
1: it. yeah I I liked that they they showed that kind of like that school video because i feel like for a lot of people who go into you know and i i thought about going into getting a phd in history and then i realized how much work it was and i was like hell no Mm. i i didn't even want to get a master's at that point i was done with school but i feel like a lot of those kind of like things like your thesis or your like Mm -hmm. ideas for that always start watching that like video in school that like film strip reel that we had to like I mean, I know kids these days don't get the glory of film strips, but I was, I was at that Probably. age group where you know it was always a great day when the teacher reeled in or you know wheeled in the film projector, right?
0: Yeah,
1: and we got to watch film reels. So. And it was
0: a it was a good way to bring the audience up to speed because you know you can't expect everybody to know you know what you know kind types of psychedelic poisonings can happen from wheat. I mean, it's not. And as have yeah, tur- a knowledge.
2: As it turns out, Sam, you are exactly right. Uh of oh, okay. Sortago is made up as uh, as an alternate to uh Ergon. Okay. Yeah. But um so yeah. Kudos. <laughs> you, you 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 win at the devil's I Ball. win. Right. Yeah. Woo you get a no prize. Hooray. In a mighty Marvel Manor.
0: Um. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I don't know if I I don't know if how well the movie worked on me. Um, It wasn't, I didn't dislike it, but I wasn't like crazy about it either. I think it was missing something in the third act that I don't, don't exactly know what, and I couldn't, couldn't put my finger on it, but I needed to go a little bit bigger, a little bit more crazy in the, in the third act somewhere.
2: I think I agree with that. Yeah. I felt like the third act was missing something. I I think that um, one of the things that bugged me, uh was uh, so we have the the ending was that they they are freed by gunny which we'll get to in a second because he's probably one of the most interesting images in the whole film um they they get out and then uh for whatever reason sam is mostly mobile riley is not at all um right. and the the chase the the actual climactic kind of final battle uh is mostly resolved by cutaways Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I said, I was waiting for Sam's health problems to come up. So I was kind of like when they both lunged for the knife. Well, first of all, my my logic brain jumped in and went, "He can't knock that old lady down. Uh, right. He needs to go for the knife.
0: But um, well, he's been drugged and he's been cut into. And, you know, he- I've
2: had two surgeries <clears throat> in my life when I've woken up from anesthesia. I'm pro- still pretty sure I could have taken my grandma <laughs> um but uh you know uh the, they you
1: were professionally anesthetized though he yeah. was not yeah, that's true right. i that was... i feel like there's a you know he's yeah, just they put him had under a... like,
0: they, like they were cattle so they didn't really care you know right
1: exactly
2: yeah, were, right. but but it's still i think that the, the the climactic uh action is mostly done like they both lunge for the knife cut away cut back he's stabbed right. um uh, you know gunny they cut back to gunny's running off with riley they fall down cut away um i think that's what bugged me a little bit as i was like well we can at least follow through um right that, i think
1: that uh, i think because this is an indie movie i feel like budgetary concerns probably happened there oh, for and sure. you know what, i would rather them do a cutaway than some crappy cg blood spurt
2: Oh, I agree. Like, oh, I agree.
1: Yeah. and I, I think tonally for this movie, most of this movie's horror is left to the imagination. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have. I actually think that had they shown much gore or graphicness in that third act, I think would have even been worse, because then it tonally wouldn't have fit at all.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, because like most of the shock of this movie is the actions taking place. Like, even when they, like, show, like, you know, Gunny's face without the bandage, it's not even all that gory looking. Like, it's kind of, it's kind of shocking, but it's not, like, I think the focus is not supposed to be the gore. And I, so I appreciate that they kept true to that throughout Mm -hmm. versus, like... Having this, like, oh, we're gonna have this really tense, like, almost thriller movie, but then it's gonna turn into a splatter fest. Boom, right. like um, that, that would not, not have worked. I'm not for saying me.
0: It, it needed to be a splatter fest. Yeah,
2: I, I don't. I, I just think that, yeah, I, the, the movie didn't have. I, I think, a, I think a little bit of of actual violence would have been warranted in the third act. Right. Yeah. But um, it doesn't really detract. I don't think too much. It just is one of those things that just it didn't cause it to land uh the way I think it it uh it probably Funny. should have I don't think that yeah I don't think um the daughter the armless legless daughter mm-hmm. landed as well either as I think it could have there was something a little maybe anticlimactic about right. it that it just didn't although I mean and then uh, but it, then she's used for a very nasty effect at the very very end of the movie um right which is another act of violence, but a very different kind of act of violence. Um, but um, it's it's. I, I just feel like you, that it's sort of like you, you the the something undercut the the final act, and I think that it might be a lack of um, a, a lack of more. I'm trying to think of the right word. Because, again, I don't, think, I don't think, like, extreme violence would have worked. I think no. that, but I think a little bit more than implied violence is
0: sort of oh, listening. See,
1: I, and I love the scene where Karen holds the air gun up to Gunny's head. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you don't see her shoot, but you see her, like, kind of, like, take a breath. Like, she's almost sad to do it. Yeah, it's right. kind of like it was her favorite cow. Right,
0: right. yeah, totally. Yeah. Like,
1: like, she knows she's got to eat him. And she knows she's going to eat him, right. but it's like that moment of like, oh, this, like, I really like this cow. Like, I'm, I really, yeah. like, I, I feel for this in this moment. And then it cuts away. Like, I just think that that shot is so impactful because you don't see it. Like, right. like, I just, I, I love that shot. Like, in that it's, case, it's such agree. a,
0: yeah, yeah totally. it's like
1: such a, like, moving shot. Like, that's what I loved about this movie is it got you in the, like, like. I, the first time I watched this after I watched it, my literal reaction was just like, fuck, like, Oh, like what did I just watch? Like, what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. My, my favorite parts of the movie were just, were in the first and second act where, where nothing made sense, where, you know, there's just a series of, of things that, you know, are, are wrong happening. Yeah. Um, and and it's confusing and it's it's off-putting and it's you know uncomfortable um just like we said you know with karen karen being the way she is and just being so it's like being stuck on a bus talking to somebody who you know <laughs> is just not all there and mm-hmm. you can't get away from it <laughs> yeah. and you're like is this person gonna stab me i don't know you know i've worked
2: in i've worked in house in um uh I, i'm not talking about hospital i'm talking about nursing homes Uh, i worked in a few nursing homes and that type of interaction happens a lot where you have elderly people who will just sort of keep talking to you and then like you sometimes as that conversation goes forward they start getting more and more mixed up right and um it starts and can get really creepy on occasion um and uh and that movie this movie definitely caught it uh there's a little bit of um grandma's house in this too where like maybe uh grandma's a little bit difficult to talk to right um you know like you go you have to make your make your trip to grandma's but grandma's gonna talk to you about stuff you don't really want to talk about like you know my when right. i went to visit one of my grandmothers it was always it, 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 it invariably turned to talk of jesus and i would be like right. oh grandma i don't want to talk about jesus
1: well the um, scene where the scene like the scene where they're talking where karen calls pete Mm -hmm. And she asks what the, who they, who the, they met. And they have, like, that whole conversation about Ulyss.
2: Yeah, right. And
1: it's just, like, so uncomfortable. Like, it's, like, there's some weird tension there that, like, you know, like, that, like, conversation while she's on the phone. But then she's trying to talk to Riley. And, like, it's, it's very, like, it just is very off-putting.
2: I yeah. love the subtle amount of subtle stuff of Karen not particularly thinking much of Riley, like you yeah. know there's there's mm-hmm. she's entirely ignoring her in large chunks of dialogue uh, and talking directly to Sam, which is a very, uh, which is of course foreshadowing that Sam is what she's interested in because she right. wants the 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 baby she wants to yeah. Right.
0: Um
2: but I liked I liked that aspect of of Riley's like uh, incredulous incredulousness of like being like why am i being completely ignored in this conversation uh and right. trying to push that issue um and uh but i think i'm with you Sam. i think my favorite stuff is just the that subtle stuff i, I loved um almost any time gunny was on screen um, right. because this man makes no sense like he's just like what is this guy doing here Every time right. he's on screen, you're you're like and but it's thing one of the things that kind of took me out of the picture though a little bit was Sam and Riley don't seem too perturbed by him. No, they just um, like okay, there he is. Uh, yeah, like Sam is like having a whole conversation with him at the dinner table, and I'm like, why? I wouldn't not. I would be. I would not be talking to that guy. I don't know what's going on. No. Um, he's randomly shaking, mumbling. He's he's just like those shaking scenes are great, by the way. Right. He just starts like having a shirt and everybody uh just sort of sits there awkwardly and <laughs> right him. um i i think that stuff is interesting it's obviously an interesting visual uh he's got the bandages he's you know mm. um but um but yeah i think he's like the unsung hero of the film i think that he's he's bringing so much of that surreality right. to to the narrative oh and then and then
0: he gets and then he gets you know the tor johnson thing at the end where he gets to carry off you know the,
2: the heroin <laughs> time so. for go
0: to bed <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um uh
2: yeah that's true he does get that moment um uh, it, it's interesting it, it it adds a layer to the character that there's still something going and helps right. us understand the horror of the ending that there's still something left yeah of the actual gunny who's actually somewhat aware he's a prisoner
0: right. just
2: not much um but uh but yeah, I mean there's some there's some emotional violence all throughout the picture that I think really does uh does work pretty well. Right. Uh or threat of emotional violence. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um so uh Sarah, you were mentioning like you were like uh kind of uh yelling a little bit about like uh Sam finding Riley with the cupcake. Is your sympathy with Sam or with Riley in that? I uh,
1: totally feel for Sam in that. Like yeah. Because, like, she's, the way she comes off is so, like, unempathetic to, like, how sucky it, like, and she's so controlling over him. Like, he's a grown man. He knows what his health issues are. Like, if the man wants to, like, have a little bit of salt on his green beans, let him have, like, like, just the way she, like, constantly talks over him.
0: She like drives sense. me nuts. She like
1: show. she's like like every time Karen would speak to him, she's like, "Oh no, he doesn't eat that. Oh yeah. no, he does not yeah, do she, that." Like
0: it's a very infantilizing way of treating Sam, and part of that's just their relationship. I think because you know they they establish that you know he doesn't seem to know how to do anything right. He can't you know hold down a job. He can't get an acting gig. Um there's there's a lot of interplay where where it's like oh did did Riley turn out to be his mother? I mean. All right.
1: Well, and that's like I think that's like an interesting like thing to look at is that like literally he went from having Riley who was aggressively trying to mother him right to now Karen who is also weirdly mothering him but in a like Yeah different more right. gentle way but still like but it's like even more aggressive but it's not verbally more aggressive like
0: right yeah it's like it's like you know you go to grandma's house and she spoils you you know it's right right
2: <laughs> yeah and then uh, but yeah it's um it has that it has more of a feeling that uh, uh, Karen is more of the disapproving mother of Riley I think that's how it feels to me and so she's like arguing for uh, arguing for sam and but she's more like, interested in doting over like the the son-in-law it's it's a very fascinating uh, and interesting dynamic that does
1: occur with these characters oh, sure. it's
2: probably the best
1: part of the movie um so i looked at wikipedia mm-hmm. and i because i i always like looked at the plot to see like what they say and at the end of the wikipedia they say that riley is pregnant
0: Huh. Okay. Did you oh. get
1: the vibe that she was pregnant, or just like heavy from being force fed? Because I oh, always yeah. assumed okay. it was. I always assumed at the end she was heavier from being force fed.
2: Yeah. yeah, but
1: yeah. but if she is in fact pregnant, it's an interesting thought to why Karen would keep her alive.
2: Yeah, I, that that might that might answer a question because I, I I also found myself wondering why Riley was allowed to survive. Uh, at the end of this picture i thought uh uh i thought it was pretty clear from the narrative that karen was interested in sam and not riley at all that i'm a little bit i was a little confused as to why they bothered keeping riley around um, i mean food is food, food i guess yeah. I, I was gonna say i could i could buy that uh that they were like yeah okay well we got two instead of one great um right. but
1: um but if she is pregnant that's an interesting like yeah. because then it's like you know now it's like more food and
0: right 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 yeah i didn't uh, i didn't pick up that she was pregnant at all i mean i just
1: i didn't eat i just thought that she had put on weight because right yeah she had been force-fed
0: yeah i
2: think that's what i thought too i'm trying to remember exactly how i, how I thought about it because until you mentioned it, i kind of forgot about the yeah she has the bump yeah her belly's right. bigger mm-hmm. at the end of the picture mm-hmm. i i can't remember if I, I can't remember what i thought exactly i think i was on the same boat as you guys i think it was just like okay she's been eating we've been here a while right. yeah. um that the cut was uh, although if she's well, either way, she'd have to be there. They have to be there for a while. But it seemed like the time jump wasn't that significant. But well, right. and
1: not only that, but then the the like the the crying from the lobotomy. Yeah. You know, the blood tear, you know, yeah, that would of... be. I I assumed that it was probably like within a week, which yeah. right, yeah. Which maybe she's just wearing a bulky hoodie and it just looked bulky. I thought like, the same
2: thing. I actually really remember yeah. thinking that and being like, "Is it just the way she's sitting and what she's wearing?" Because like they, she's kind of wearing frumpy clothes. Yeah, I just, yeah. I
0: just didn't didn't yeah. think that better at all. I mean, I yeah. didn't notice a bump or you didn't notice
2: that she was bigger.
1: No, okay. I
0: just, I just thought she was slouchy. I mean, she was yeah, you know, and I, it
1: could, it could very, it could very much well be, be that.
0: that, right?
2: Yeah. I guess it depends on the whether or not the director wrote the Wikipedia or not. I don't know right? Um,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> though if you look up Wikipedia look
1: up, is always taking with a grain of salt. Yeah, right. yeah.
2: if you look up any online conversation about any movie, guy, i um I look to see if there's a TV tropes page on this movie. there isn't. Um, just to see. and but every once in a while at work, I, I dig through TV tropes to look at stuff, and uh, some of the stuff that people reach for is yeah. pretty significant online. Yeah, where, you know, they will. They'll be like, here's this alternate take. And if you could tell it's one, like one guy right. uh, posting like sixteen <laughs> different tropes. To at, me, at, at least I'm in really this
0: question. case, it kind of scans. I mean, it does, I mean there is
2: there yeah. is. I think you could make that argument. Yeah. Right. Um, and maybe she's pregnant. But if that's the case, then why is she uh, uh pimping him? Why is she putting him out the stud with her daughter? Right. she's got a baby
1: company. more babies more uh, I babies. guess yeah. yeah
2: but they implied that the baby wasn't even being born for for food purposes they wanted to bring some light into the house they wanted right. uh they wanted an offspring that i think was supposed to be uh handed down the wisdom of right. uh of yeah mission because the daughter uh what do we think happened to the daughter anyway did they did they they, they just her. yeah i get that part but yeah, why? Right. <laughs>
0: why Uh, i don't
2: know know, i don't know like well that
1: uh, and that's the question is delilah even their daughter right
0: yeah because
1: the wikipedia says no but again okay the wikipedia just lists her as like another woman because like she refers to gunny as her son too
2: that's true that's true
1: so like but if they want to have you know more kids to like i mean maybe the like they want to have some kid to like help further this longer and yeah i want to i want
0: to say that she's not actually their daughter because um the only kind of photos we see are the are the same kind of polaroids that you know Uh, they took of goonie and 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 sam and and riley yeah but you know she might have been the first person they got um yeah yeah you you think
2: that's the case she's just uh she's just patient zero right yeah that
0: could be
1: I thought it was kind of creepy, though, that, like, at the end, the little outfits that they put the, like, them in are, like, almost like teddy bears. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah like, I was, like. She's in, like, a onesie. Yeah.
1: And right. it looks. But it, like, it's, like, that, like, fabric that looks like a teddy bear. And then. Oh, totally. S- Sam is wearing one, too. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah so I'm, like, panels.
1: oh, that's. It's. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, Gunny's wearing. Isn't Gunny wearing overalls for most of the film? That's I very, think so. That's a mm-hmm. pretty childish, yeah. childish thing to put a young boy in like Oshkosh bagosh right. uh, kind of <laughs> uh, denim denim onesie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So okay. So um, so final thoughts, Sarah. What uh, uh, final thoughts of this movie and
1: like uh, and why you recommend it? So I I really realize how divisive this movie is. Like this okay. is not. 100% this is not a movie that I would throw out into the ether and be like, everyone's going to love this, right. everyone should watch this, You know, but I do feel like everyone should give this one a chance, because it is a really well-made movie, and I think, much like you both, I think you can find something in it, and I yeah. think... I think there is plenty to appreciate about it and i i realize that i i look at this movie through my rose-colored gastro horror glasses
0: right right
1: and so i i like it probably far more than most people would because of that but i do think that it's one that is not talked about enough and i think that it it deserves the conversation i I think i think it deserves to be a part of the conversation anyway no,
2: totally. And I, I think, yeah, I think it should, uh, in terminology, which I had never really thought about gastro horror as actually kind of a sub but I, now that you, you've kind of sold me out and I'm kind of like, yeah, it's actually really interesting that there is sort of this, I was just called a cannibal or backwoods, right. but I was like, you know, Well, there's, yeah, more, there's, to the, though, yeah, there's like more to it though. Cause this is like
1: food. Cause like there's food mm-hmm. horror in general as a whole. And yeah. this movie is not like just cannibalism. It's a little bit more. And, you know, they they talk about the loss of food. And I think that's a theme in a lot of, like, food horror or gastro Mm -hmm. horror is not just food, but the lack of food. And Mm -hmm. that's a horror that people face in real life is not being able to eat. And they can identify with that. And it's I think it's why food horror in general works. Because, like, you have movies, like, with dinner scenes. We all Mm -hmm. eat. So there's nothing more intimate And, you know, vulnerable than sharing a meal with someone like you. You're literally like eating. You're you're doing a natural process and like food is love. So you share a piece of yourself when you cook for people. And like Mm -hmm. there's just this whole connection to food. And so food horror. That's why I think for me, food horror is so terrifying because we get so much good from food and we love to share those things but yeah. like, imagine sharing all the bad too when it comes to that.
2: Right. Right. Awesome. Uh, so, where do we find uh, where where do people find your uh, your work?
1: Spooky Sarah says on Twitter is where I post everything. I retweet everything. I share everything from there. I'm also on um, Instagram. Spooky Sarah says, "Geeks who eat is everywhere." Also under "Geeks who eat," I I everywhere. Awesome. <laughs>
2: All right, so everybody check that out, and then the yeah. hashtag, the hashtag 100 horror movies in 92 days? 92? Yes. Yeah, and that starts August 1st, that, so that's like next week or something, two weeks, a little over a week. Eight right? days eight as days. of
1: record. eight days as of recording As of now. recording now,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, the episode will be out uh, probably in the next couple of days, so yeah, it'll be out beforehand. Uh, so yeah, April 1st uh, to uh, October 31st, hashtag yeah. 100 horror movies in 92 days uh sam any last words
0: no i think uh we're good just and you want to take us out yep sure um once again well, thank you sarah for coming uh this is great having you always a joy uh, you you yeah. always
2: bring up you always bring us stuff we would never consider right. uh, yeah i've room. never even heard of this so, film before yeah, yeah So
0: um you know thank you for that that's yeah. you know i always like seeing something i haven't heard of before um but as far as you know everybody else goes you know thank you for listening uh Stay safe, you know, watch out for each other out there. It's still pretty, pretty dark times Mm. in in the real world. (laughs) So it's more important to keep together, you know, with your community and with with people who who love horror in that way. Um, So I want to say be kind, rewind, but mostly be kind. Thank you.